How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging, and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros, regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people, and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. You know, there's some faulty information in the in all in a lot of these opens. Faulty? There's some carryover from the our heir, my heir apparent. Ah, uh, yes. Is that, is that is that the word? Wait, are you, aren't you the heir apparent? No, I'm the heir apparent. That's yes. right. Um, Your predecessor. My predecessor. That's what I'm looking for. Ryan Gates. That's where the tall, cool dude part comes from. Are you saying that you're not cool? I'm. I'll leave that up to other for others to decide. But I can certainly tell you I am not tall. What is what is what is the minimum to be considered tall? Uh, what do you think? Six uh, two. That's the that's the number that pops into my mind. Six two. What's the average height for a male these days? It's like five seven, I think. But that five seven five eight. Geez, then I'm tall, I guess. And six but foot. Not, but you wouldn't say anybody. I'm not saying I'm tall though. Like I wouldn't right. say that at all. So what you look at somebody and you say, "Wow, you're tall. How tall Gates are you?" Gates isn't tall. He's my yeah. height. Six one, six two. No, he's not. He's not. He's my height. He's six foot. Get him on the get him on the line. We need to find <laughs> out how exactly how tall he is. Now, I I think. Um, I don't know, 6'2". Six 6'2 two. Six two is what I'm going for, cutoff. I, I'm not touching any of this. I'm 5'8". On a good day. So, n- no matter what this minimum is going to be, I'm not going to be reaching it. But, you know, it's some carryover. We, we, let it, we let it go through. I don't mind. I don't know why I'm even saying this. I'm on the radio. It's not like anybody could tell. Even if I was on TV, I'd probably I'd be sitting here. You wouldn't be able to tell how tall I was. Um, I got that with Bob McKenzie once. TSN's Bob McKenzie, The Insider. If you haven't seen him on uh, his stuff on TSN, he's on NBCSN once in a while uh, during the Wednesday Night Hockey stuff. Um, have you ever seen him stand up? He is incredibly short. He's like 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, really? like, mm. He's Nathan Gerby size, like height-wise. Um, and you would never know that just by watching him on TV. So I guess I didn't even have to alert everybody that there is a lie in that open. That tall... Especially. Actually, now that I think about it, though, why does tall need to be mentioned for an open for a radio show? Is it true? That, is it that Gates had not much to hang his hat on that he had to throw <laughs> tall in there? Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I think that's uh, that's got to be the reason. I'm just like I need I need to come up with things about myself. What, tall. what are what are good things about me? I'm cool and I'm, I'm tall. tall. All right, there we go. That'll do it. 
Um, we we got it at some point. I don't really want to do it now, but it's the nightcap, by the way. Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer here. Uh, Sabers at Flames tonight is a nine thirty puck drop. So pregame will start at eight thirty. Uh, Brian Colzio will hop in in uh, just under an hour and a half, and we'll turn it over to them. So you can get all your pregame stuff. Paul Hamilton, a couple of player interviews. Phil Housley, per usual. I want to talk about at some point tonight. Remind me if I forget. This Julian Edelman on social media the past couple hours, or if it was earlier today. Can we just do this now? No, no, I, 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 I can't do it right now. Because if I do it now, then I, I will get swamped into it, and I'll never be able to retrieve myself out of the darkness. That's what the breaks that are is for. Julian Edelman and this underdog thing that he's got going. Um, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. I got a couple hockey things I want to get to first. Sabers in a second. Sabers short term in a second. NHLPA just came out with a uh, with a statement. NHL and NHLPA, maybe it was a it was a joint statement. Um, yeah, if you uh, haven't seen it, the NHL and NHLPA had another constructive meeting today in Toronto. It's it's, it's all that PR stuff talking about the uh, the talks about the CBA. But what it does say is, while the parties have now jointly concluded that it is no longer realistic to try to schedule a World Cup of Hockey for the fall of 2020. But they say they hope to bring another World Cup as part of the broader agreement. So, no World Cup in 2020. I'm a stickler for this kind of stuff, like international hockey tournaments, because, really, I think back... We just got robbed of the Olympics. They should have this thing here. Right, and I think back to my childhood and watching hockey growing up, and I would say... Most stressful moments of my life watching sports, those Sabre playoff runs when I was, you know, a teenager, when I was middle school, uh, yeah, middle school, with Breer and Drury. Those are the most stressful sports moments of my life, watching playoff games like that. Game five against the Rangers, when there's one face-off left, and, like, you're just, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, you can't even sit down. Or overtime in a playoff game. It's just like anything, like any moment, it could swing in either direction. Like that is just heart level maximum. And I've never really had that type of experience with the Bills other than last year. The playoff game was a little bit of that. Uh, Week 17 was definitely some of that. But otherwise, not a whole lot. And, you know, I'm like a, a Buffalo sports fan, true and true. Like, I don't really have a diehard team outside of the Bills and Sabres. I'm starting to get there with Liverpool and soccer a little bit, but I wouldn't say I'm near that point yet. Um, really, I look at my life watching sports and, like, the next big sporting event that I was, like, edge of my seat, stressed out, like, oh, my gosh, please score, please score. Like, putting my hands over my head every time there's a shot on goal. It was... USA in the Olympics playing hockey, especially that gold medal game against Canada that they ultimately lost when Crosby scored on Miller in overtime. Like, that was the pinnacle to me. Other than Sabres in the playoffs, like, that was heat of the moment. I'm 1,000% invested in this game. I want to beat Canada. And we're Team USA. And, like, I get that feeling a lot with uh, the World Juniors, but I would say it's not nearly to the level that I felt in that tournament. Like, you know who all the players are going in. You might have some of your own guys. Like, we had Ryan Miller then. You know who the players in the other team are, assuming they're not playing, like, Latvia or Germany or something. Um, you're playing Canada. You're playing Crosby. You're playing 
Now it would be McDavid. You would be playing Sagan and Ben and and Carey Price. Not to mention you have unlikely allies too. Right. Thinking about that, like Austin Matthews is no longer someone you have to cheer against. He's your ally. He's your friend for yep. a couple of weeks. And I, I don't want to put this all in the NHL, but they're for sure one of the main combatants in this whole uh, issue that's been going on with the Olympics and now their their made up tournament from 2016, the World Cup that they're now not going to do in 2020. Like they're a main reason why I feel a little gypped over the past couple years. We have not had a serious international hockey tournament. And this area especially, like we love hockey. We get up for that stuff. Dude, I stayed up until what was it, 3 a.m. for the women's gold medal game against Canada? Right. I like that's the last thing that we had, the last real taste of something. That was awesome. That was all that was amazing. And if that reminded me of even before, I should have mentioned this but when I was wor- talking about But the worst part about levels. that is and look, I love that gold medal game and it was amazing, but in women's hockey, it is only two teams. Right. It is the US and Canada. Like you could have to worry about with men's hockey, you can you have to worry about Finland and Sweden Russia. and sometimes oh absolutely Russia and then sometimes like a plucky team like the Swiss or the Czechs throw sure. a wrench into something. And yeah, like that that moment too that women's uh shootout. That that reminded me, I should have mentioned this when I was talking about the the gold medal game against Canada. I was on the edge of my seat. I was biting my nails when this team USA was playing Russia in that shootout and TJ Oshie Probably had the moment of his career, his hockey playing career, in Sochi. Um, And the World Cup, I went to a couple games at the World Cup. I went there for a day. I didn't get to see Team Team USA play. I did get to see my beloved TNA, uh, Team North America. And that was, oh, what a glorious moment that was. One of the greatest games ever, that Team North America-Sweden game. That was great. I was at the Team North America Russia game, which was in the the beginning of the tournament. And other than last year's World Junior game for USA Canada outdoors, the best hockey game I've ever been to. Like quality wise on the ice, and there you t- go. The, so much speed, so much skill. It was just oh, so mu- oh, so much of it. You mentioned and, another one there, the outdoor game. Yeah, right. International hockey, and here we go again. Like the World Cup was not amazing when it happened it felt kind of fake but there was a little of it and it kind of really maybe a part of the reason that we didn't really get up for it a lot is because team usa was a joke in that tournament they took they took a stupid roster dinosaur team yeah and whatever that that happened dinosaur team and patrick kane so really it's like it's on the nhl now you're not gonna have the world cup in 2020 all right use that or the double IHF. Somebody use that as a reason to get this league's players to the Olympics. I don't even care that it's in Beijing and it's going to be in at what hours in the morning. I don't care. I mean, it, it would help if it was here in North America, just time timing-wise. I'm up for it. But yeah, like, no World Cup now until, I don't know, 2022, 2024. Who even cares? It's the World Cup of Hockey. Get to the Olympics. I think they're going to go. Um, they've been talking about... Or they've been doing. They've been selling to China. They've been playing preseason games over there. They've been marketing more over there. So that part of that makes me think they're not going to hang that market out to dry. They're trying to sell their product to that group of people in that country. And there's a lot of money over there. That's why they've been going over there. What better way to display your stars than to send the best of them in the Olympics? So to me, 
that makes me think that they're going to go. And I'm excited for that, not just for Team USA, but like even here like in Buffalo. That Something like that. We saw it happen with Ryan Miller in 2010. He was the star of that tournament. He won MVP of the tournament. And although he didn't have the, the gold medal moment, um, it was flipped on the other side. It was against him. Crosby scored a weak goal against him. That tournament totally boosted up Ryan Miller's star power. I mean, I remember the day the Sabres were back, and it was a story that the Sabres were not playing Ryan Miller. They were benching him for, uh, well, like they were resting him because he had just come off the tournament. They were playing the back. It might have been Laleem at the time. Wasn't it against Pittsburgh? Yeah, it was, it was then, in Pittsburgh. And yep. then Pittsburgh fans booed Crosby. That's right. That they, game. they booed Crosby and they gave Ryan Miller a standing ovation. That was awesome. But that's not even talking about for this point, although that, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was incredible. The Sports Center um, segment to open up Sports Center that night, I remember, was a quick segment where maybe it was Butcher Ross, it was one of the Sports Center anchors. They went around a, like a giant group of panel like members and debated should the Sabres play Ryan Miller in the first game back from the tournament. And it was like Stephen A. Smith and like Teddy Bruschi, maybe, if he was even off. Like football analysts and uh, there was like NBA guys talking about it. It's just like, look at that. They're debating a Buffalo Sabres player because of what happened in the Olympics. That raised his star power. And I'm not saying this would absolutely happen if they go again, but you look at any projection of a Team USA roster – Jack Eichel is the first or second line center. And if he's not the first or second line center, he's like they're doing one of those things where they put him on the wing for like a super line or he's with Austin most, Matthews and Johnny Goudreau or something. Or he's one of the most dangerous third line centers there is in an international tournament. Sure, I don't know who USA would have that would maybe take over his spot for if two. If Jack Hughes is what Jack oh, Hughes yeah, is supposed maybe. to be, and then Austin maybe. Matthews, like there's yeah, maybe. there's your debate right there. Sure. But, but either way, then Jack Hughes, if he is what he is... Could be the best third-line right. center. in, <laughs> But Eichel, to me, like, superstar player. Superstar talent. He'll be... At someday, hopefully, if they do play another international tournament, he's going to be, like, a huge part of a Team USA team. And I think that's something, like, that I, I want to happen. I want that to happen. Um, just for, not just selfishly, like, being here in Buffalo, but... To raise his star power, that that helps the Sabers uh, maybe get on the map a little bit more. Um, national TV, I don't even really care about that stuff. It, it would just be an overall good thing to me. Anyway, so that's my quick little rant on uh, this whole World Cup announcement the NHL just made that they're not going to be doing it in uh, 2020. Um, here we go again though with the labor negotiations, and the one thing that you probably think has to come out of this is the thing that came out of it last time we had a lockout or a different CBA maybe is the way I should put it because they might not go to they might not have a lockout and uh, they'd still do this compliance buyouts compliance buyouts where you buy out the player you get no penalty you still have to pay him but you get no penalty in your cap the sabers did this with uh was it late they did it with Leno and Erhoff by the way yes Rob- Leno and Erhoff robbing me of more international competition after you took the olympics away from me they're there better not be a day of a lockout. If you even have, 12, there probably will be. If you have twelve hours of a lockout, I swear to God, NHL. There probably will be. Batman was talking about. <laughs> Batman made a comment like last week that he's like, "Man, the system works. The system works." Gary, it doesn't work. He thinks it does. 
Gary, he gets more owners for he gets more money for his owners. I mean, yes, I get it. You work for the owners, Gary, but uh, Gary, come on, you're killing me here, Quick, Gary. I don't want to spend too much time on this because this is if there is a lockout, there's enough wasted time that's gonna be spent on it when it happens. But just quickly, what a joke that that thing is for NHL players. Think about it like the league today. It's a young man's game, right? That gets said a lot. Yep. Well, if it's a young man's game, that's not really represented in the CBA because as it stands. Like look at Nathan Beaulieu, for example. Nathan Beaulieu's not a superstar player by any means. He's not a guy that would go out and get great money. He's 26 years old. He'll be a free agent after this year. Still a restricted free agent. Oof. In that's, a league That's good for the Sabres, at least. In a league where you're like 26, 27, and teams are starting to think, hey, you're like a year or two away from exiting, like being done with your prime. And you've got players out here. Jake McCabe's going to be 26. He's an RFA. We've got guys that are maybe more than 50% through their best playing days, and they're still restricted free agents. You don't hit UFA status until you're 27, 28. Like that, that's something that needs to change for sure, not just for the players' sake. But, I mean, if you want to make July 1st more exciting and you want to make it more worthwhile for the teams to go out and fix some problems, then stop putting just 29, 30-year-old players in there. We literally, Start putting like some younger guys. We literally talked about... The trio of Milan Lucic, David Backus, and Kyle Oposo getting those bad-looking contracts. One way to change a little bit of that is, you know, if they're younger, hitting unrestricted free agency. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's get one more call on this uh, before we hit the break and then uh, move on to the Sabres. So let's go to Matt in Buffalo. Matt, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Good. How about you? We were talking about um, international hockey. Yep. And this is going back to 96. I don't know if, how old you guys are if you remember this, but it was. I know of it, but yeah, I don't remember. Go ahead. It, it was in the summer. It was like July or August, and they had, uh, and I don't know if it was the World Cup. I think it was actually the Canadian Cup, and it was '96. Um, Lafontaine was playing for the U.S. and Canada was stacked. They had Iserman, uh, Roy was in goal, Bork, mm-hmm. those guys. And if you remember that 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 decade, that era. It was awesome, and it came down to uh, U.S. and Canada, and it was a three-game playoff. The, the first game was in Montreal, the second game was in Philadelphia, and the third game was in, I want to say Hamilton or, or Toronto. I'm not sure which okay. one it was. The U.S. won. Uh, it was awesome, and it was it was an off-season for the Olympics, and it was just you know, you had, uh, 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 I, I think it was the time when uh, Brett Hall switched over to the United States. Cause yep, was- that, that's, the, that's the part I really know about the tournament. Yeah, he switched over. He led that tournament scoring. I'm actually just looking at some of the stats right now. Um, yeah, he led the, the league. He led that tournament in scoring. Like, that, t- that tournament format, though, um, and Matt, thanks for the call. i got to move on here in a second. But, like, that, that's what I'm, I'm wanting. I want that. A three-game series with one... I just looked up. One game in Philadelphia, two in Montreal. Oh, my God. Sign me up for that. Give me something close. Because I'm a huge hockey fan. I'm starving for something like that. And the World Cup, which the NHL says they're not doing now in 2020, even though that was the World Cup in 96. I'd like them to do better, which would be the Olympics. But give me something, please, at some point here. Like, let me see Jack Eichel in a Team USA jersey going up against Connor McDavid in a Canada jersey and not just have it be the World Juniors and then you're done with it forever. 
So I'd like to see that happen. Um, spent a lot, spent a lot of time on uh, some international hockey here. I'm glad we did. I always enjoy talking about it, um, even though it doesn't happen very often. Let's uh, take a break here. I want to talk uh, a little bit about the Sabers when we come back. Um, really short term, you look at where they are in the standings, and <laughs> this isn't going to be good news. I mean, there's a way of looking at this, but the bye week coming up next week, I got a comparison from a couple years ago that really is going to make tonight and Friday seem maybe double as important as you think right now. Like, these games might be really important to how we think about the rest of the season. I'll explain a little bit more uh, when we come back. So then I kept Jody Biasi, Derek Kramer hanging out here for another hour before Sabres pregame gets going here on WGR. Finding a number two center in this league, it ain't easy. It's kind of like finding a puck-moving defenseman. You're, you're much more able to find uh, wingers and fifth and sixth defensemen because everybody wants to give you their junk for your junk. <laughs> That's John Shannon from Sportsnet. He was on with Howard and Jeremy earlier today. Um, yeah, it's pretty much how it goes. Unless you're Edmonton. You trade... You know, elite wingers and... You're junk for actual good stuff. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. Um, you can check that out on demand at WGR550.com. So I mentioned about the Sabres going into a bye week um, before the break. And the comparison I wanted to make was from a couple years ago. 2017, I think. The Sabres were one point back after a win over the Chicago Blackhawks heading into their bye week. And they had games in hand. They had the bye week coming up. And you knew, all right, they're going to probably put a gap between us in the next week, so let's see how that goes. And they came out of that bye week five points down. And then Which they, is a pretty good scenario, actually. Yeah, that's not that bad. But, like, it's just still like it's that's still a sizable gap. And they ended up losing, obviously, those couple games right after uh, at Arizona, at Colorado, who had both been really bad teams at the time. Um, and that just, like, it was gone just like that, those playoff hopes. One point out, it's like, all right, they might have a shot. And then a week and a half later, it was, okay, this is over again. Let's start thinking about draft picks and or draft selection. Right now, where the Sabres are, it is dangerously close to that happening again. I know it's earlier in the season, so it's a little bit different. But look where they are at right now. How fall they have fallen is actually pretty remarkable. You, they had put so many points in the bank. I don't really think it was possible for them to fall this, this far, this quickly. There was a time where they were like nine points up on the Montreal Canadiens. They're five back of Montreal now. They have two games in hand. But that's a five-point gap. Imagine it this way. And this is how important I think maybe these next two games are, just kind of for the psyche of the fan base, heading into a week of no games. Like, what are you going to have people thinking about during that week of no games? Because there is a scenario where people are starting to talk here, not about buying at the deadline, which is what we've kind of had the debate of like so far this season. Should they stay the course, which is pretty much most people's uh, sentiment, or should they go out and you know spend one of those three first-round picks? Bring in something that could help them. Wayne Simmons, Jason Spezza, Matt Zuccarello, Kevin Hayes, anybody like that. If this continues this way and they lose like tonight and they lose Friday, there's a real chance next week we are talking about selling at the trade deadline. Because as it stands right now, 
You're four back out of a playoff spot, five back of Montreal. Two games left here. Worst case scenario, I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a second. Worst case scenario, if they were to lose tonight in Calgary and then Friday in Vancouver, which is you know, not out of the realm of possibility, they've lost four in a row, you're on the road out west in two of these games. Calgary's one of the best teams in the league. Vancouver, I think, is an overachiever, but they're not one, They're not the worst team in the league. They have Besser and Patterson. Yeah. Patterson's going to be back on Friday, too. He's coming back from an injury. You don't win those games. You're already five back of Montreal right now. Four back of Pittsburgh. What if the Sabres come back on the 29th, whatever it is, against Columbus? It is the 29th against Columbus on the road. What if they're like nine points back? That's not out of the realm of possibility. And that is a whole different conversation. Nine points out of a playoff spot is what we were talking about two, year, two three years ago. And what we were talking about several times. This is not what we thought we'd be signing up for. Like We thought at least the rest of the season would be fun. You'd be in a playoff hunt. They're not only in danger of falling out of the playoffs here. They're in danger of falling out of the playoff hunt. Because... If this continues to go this poorly and they don't get points, you're going to leave a lot of opportunity for some teams to kind of make up some ground. Yeah, and or I build mean, off that ground. Yeah, not to mention like you you mentioned Carolina. Carolina was not a factor a couple of weeks ago. And now the Hurricanes are even nipping at the Sabres heels. That's how far they've fallen off. It obviously starts here. I mean, if you can't get points in Calgary and that's a tough ask against a team that is 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. But you need to get something here. Luckily, the Sabres have done well against the Pacific Division this year, even with even with Monday's game taken into account. They were, including that loss, they are, it is 9-3-1 against the Pacific Division this year. Mm-hmm. 9-3-1? 9-3-1. <sighs> including what should have been a win against Calgary in regulation, but you got an overtime loss. I, ju- I just don't want to fall out of the race here. Yeah. Like, that's all I wanted out of the season. I just wanted a race. and Enjoyable stress. Yeah, it's been an epic collapse this past month, but they're still in it. Like Their playoff odds in some places are still over 50%. There's For some five... reason, they went up last night, even though it looked like the out-of-town scoreboard was bad for them. But they're in some places, five... they went up. They're five back a third in the Atlantic. Right, six back of Toronto. That's the positive way to look at it. That's the positive spin. Despite all that's happened, you're still only six back of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Despite what has happened to you in the last month, you banked so many points that you're six back of second in the division. That's that's the bright side. That is the major bright side of this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have to start picking up some wins again. Realistically, I, I know I just laid out kind of the worst-case scenario, but... If I had to guess at what's going to happen, they're going to even it out again. Maybe they're a stretchy, they're a, a streaky team. I mean, they're certainly they've done that this year. They've been streaky. I think they're an average team in the in the league. I don't think they're going to be putting on ten game win streaks probably again the rest of the season. I also don't think they're going to be as bad as they've looked in the past month. They've won win this month. I don't think they're going to look that bad all year. I think they're an average team. I think that will kind of even itself out. And I think if that happens, you're going to keep yourself at least in the race. And then you're giving yourself an opportunity to overtake a couple of teams who I think are also average to below average. Montreal and the Islanders, I think you can group them in with Buffalo right now, with the Sabres. 
I think they're all average teams who at times this year have played better than expected and have at times played better than they actually are. I think the Islanders are doing that right now. They've won eight of their last ten. They are not that good. They're playing great right now. Mitch Korn, I've argued, is the most valuable coach in the NHL. Their goaltending coach, he's got Robin Leonard first in the league in save percentage right now. He seems to do that no matter where he goes with goaltending. And he's got Thomas Grice playing well, too. Yeah, exactly. They've got Barzell playing amazing. They've got a lot of their secondary scoring playing amazing. Their defense has kind of been holding up. But really, if you break down their team, you break down the roster, they're not that deep, and their blue line does not have the the elite talent that you would think would maintain uh, the save percentage numbers and the shot qualities that Robin Leonard has been facing. And we know Robin Leonard. We know Robin Leonard. Maybe this is a different Robin Leonard because he's battled through um, – all of the stuff that he did with over the summer that came out in that piece in The Athletic. But I think we still know enough about him as a goaltender to know that you can't just bank on him being number one in the league in save percentage all year. That's definitely part of the reason that they are where they're at. In fact, they've they've passed Pittsburgh. They're third in the Metro. And Montreal kind of similarly, different in terms of like the like which part of the roster I'm talking about. Like goaltending, you would think you want to trust them in that spot with Carey Price, but he hasn't been incredible yet this year. And they have the depth scoring. Mike Kelly from TSN's been on a bunch uh, this season, and he argues Montreal is the most, you know, the best chance to make the playoffs of those teams because of their depth. But if you look at their top end, like they don't have the top end talent on their and their forwards. And other than Shea Weber, they don't have it on their blue line either. So that's also a flawed roster to me. Jonathan Drouin. Max Domi, um, Brendan Gallagher, like these are all really good players. I would argue they on the Sabers they would easily be second liners, like easily be second liners, but they wouldn't be first. Like the Sabers got a couple forwards better than those guys. So to me, you have enough you have advantages over some of these teams, or you're at least close enough to them in several areas. Where I just think if you hang around there's at least a chance that you're just going to find your way in because one of these other teams is going to drop off. Yeah, and again, one of the other things about this is heading into the season, we were all looking for a playoff push, a playoff chase throughout. And that's where it is. The biggest thing for me is I'm going to keep holding out hope until February. February, they have a lot of home games, and they have been great in Buffalo this year. They've not been good on the road. They've been pretty bad for the they're, most part. They're 9-11-3 and three on the road. Not good. 14-6-3 at home. So I'm thinking that February is going to be your tell-all month. They have seven home games, too, to start. That's exactly. another positive way to look at it. If you can get through these two road games this week and then the two road games at the end of the month, if you can get through... Can you get three points out of these next two games is the biggest question. Yeah, and I'll even extend that. Can you get me five or six out of eight? Because then I'm right back, I'm like back in the thick of it. I mean, I'm talking just like right before this bye week. I know. I think you got to group them both in though. Well, I, I'm going to just because they're road games and they've struggled on the road. So I think like at some point you just have to start winning road games. So you're probably not going to make the playoffs this season. And then though you do in February have those seven home games. So like that's the time to start making up ground. That's why just float, keep above water, keep it close, and then hope that you can put on a win streak. Uh, early in February, because if it doesn't happen by then, then maybe we are starting to talk about being a seller again. And I do not 
want to be back in that spot having that conversation. And I don't think fans do either. We are sick of talking about, what can we get for this rental? Can we get a third-round pick for Josh Georges? What can we get for Andre Mazaros? We are sick and tired of that conversation. I think we'd rather be talking about what we can get for a third-round pick. And I'm not having, look, even if the Sabres do collapse about this, I'm not having talks about Jeff Skinner. No, I, and I, I don't think I'm that, not even entertaining the conversation. Yeah, no, nope. I don't even think that's realistic. At this I'm point. not even. I'm not even talking. Like he leads the league in even goal if, scored percent or percentage of his team's goals. Even if the Sabers fall out of this, and like your worst case scenario comes to light, I am still not even touching Jeff Skinner as a trade candidate. No, definitely not. Um, unless Edmonton wants to like give me Connor McDavid, which <laughs> I mean, you never know. You never know what that I mean, GM. No, over there. I mean, I, I mean, he's not that stupid. He's not that stupid. Uh, whenever someone he's says that stupid. to me, whenever someone says that to me, come, the, on, the my, play, my, come on, the best player in the NHL. Let's, my let's comeback is, I agree, but if there was a GM in the league that would do something like that, it would be him. But Skinner's not a power forward. Um, they're interesting <laughs> too right now. Edmonton, yeah, they just beat Buffalo, obviously seven to two. There was a report today that they're willing to trade either a first-round pick or Jesse Puyarvi to try to get what they're looking for right now, like, like an immediate contributor at forward. And that makes me think that they're also going to include Kyler Yamamoto in this as well. Fourth overall pick. It, no, 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 no. They might. If they're putting Puyarvi in a deal, I don't think they have to put Yamamoto too. No, what I'm saying is they'll entertain oh, they'll, questions like on that instead okay. as well. Anything I want to do there for the Sabres? They want a forward, so I don't really think that works. How about a slightly used Vladimir Saboka? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Although he did play under Shirelli in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to talk about Reinhardt, right? No. Like, I th- even I think consider it? I think he's earned his stripes here. But that doesn't mean if you got above market value for him that you wouldn't consider it. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't. It's, it's to me, what's be... above market value? If Edmonton's coming at you and saying, we want Sam Reinhart, if they gave me Yamamoto in their first-round pick this year, I think I'd say no, but I'd want to think about it. You'd, you'd ultimately end up going to no, but yeah, it's just... Or I th- even Pui RV in a first. The only way I would think about Reinhardt no at sure, this no. point is uh, if you can get me a center that is a number two but can be just as dangerous. What's funny is he was like... I know it was a long that's time it. ago, but that's he was supposed to be thing. that. He was supposed to be that once upon a time. Yeah, that's the only thing I would even think about with that. Um, if you want a little more insight in Sam Reinhardt, I've actually I've criticized. I don't know if it's criticized, but I've I've liked the idea of uh, wanting to trade him before going back to before they dealt O'Reilly. Um, I've kind of turned on that a little bit. I did a deeper dive on Sam Reinhardt, his game, um, what some of his analytics look like. Uh, if you go to my Twitter at sneaky Joe it's pinned at the top. Um, I did a full in-depth look, analytics, there's numbers in there. It's all explained. I kind of I tried to dumb it down because I needed to dumb down for myself in the first place. Um, so it's a little bit easy to read. But it's it's very – really, I think it just kind of says that Sam Reinhart, even though you don't see a lot of what makes him good on the ice, like he kind of does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, like little things. Um, his numbers really – like it doesn't matter whether he's playing with Jack Eichel or not. Like he's a definitive top six forward in this league. Um, and he's not getting paid like it. $3.6 million. All right. We will continue to talk Sabres. I want to get into this Edelman thing a little bit, though, when we come back. Julian Edelman's been tweeting some stuff, and it's just making me so, so mad. I mean, 
trying to play himself as the underdog. And the Patriots is the underdog. We'll get into that next. The Nightcap, Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer. 45 minutes away from Sabres Flames pregame here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer here on WGR. Saber pregame in about 40 minutes here on WGR. 8030550 is the phone number if you wanted to talk Sabres. We're going to talk about uh we're going to get to some Julian Edelman stuff in a second because he's really annoying me with what he's doing I just on Twitter. I got to go get the uh medicine so that I can stop okay. this headache. You do that because I'm eye rolling so hard at it. You do that and while uh we wait for you to do that, let's go to Buzz. Buzz, you're on the nightcap. What's up? <laughs> What's up, fellas? How you doing? Good. How about you? I'm good. Man, I, I was just going to talk about the Sabres then you mentioned Julian Edelman and <laughs> and then I lost my whole train of thought, bro. <laughs> But um, anyway, <laughs> hey, hey, what actually? What, can I mention one thing real quick about sure. uh, about the about the Patriots? Shoot. Okay, so now we want Brady to retire. Obviously, here here's the one thing: if, if the Patriots win to, win this weekend, that'll be three Super Bowls they go to in a row. Mm-hmm. He's going to come back whether they win the Super Bowl or not. Because who's going to four Super Bowls in a row? Just us, and they know that. Brady hates us. He hates Buffalo. Belichick knows it. If they if they win this weekend, you can count on Brady being back no matter what. I I, I mean maybe, but I don't think it would be, be just because the Bills did it. it. Well, it would be even if the say the Vikings did it. You're you're right. You're right. Maybe it's not just because no. Yeah, I could, I could, I see I see that part of it though. Like maybe it wouldn't just because the Bills did it, but like his the history of it. He he could be thinking to himself, hey, if I go to five in a row, like I'm nope. No, who's gonna, who's going to be able to say I'm not the best quarterback ever? Because then I'll have not only the record. For Super Bowls one, but I would have went to five in a row in my late thirties into early forties. So I, I could get that part of it definitely. Right, or even four. If he goes to four in a row, he he can say, "Hey, I, I and because yep. you know the Bills lost all four, obviously, and he's won one of them. So did the Vikings. Sorry, two of them, two of uh, out of those three. So anyway, but back to the no, real quick. Yeah, not in a row. Let's, yeah. let's just hope Kansas City wins. Okay, all right. Now back to the Sabers. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's. Thank God we won that draft lottery. I'll tell you what, because. Yeah. Basically, when you look at the team, you have two good players on the team right now. Okay, you, you got Eichel and Skinner. Like that's it. Like you got those are good, good players. Those are top end players, and you got nothing else. Because I'll tell you what, Reinhardt's a guy. Yeah, okay, nah, yeah, sure, whatever. And Darlene, I would not trade for anyone in the NHL, not even McDavid. Darlene is going to be a superstar, and he's a defenseman. Like that, that's the big. That, that's what I'm saying. The lottery was. A, the only reason I'm watching sometimes now, just like last year. If he wasn't on the team last year, I wouldn't have watched a minute. Well, I, I mean, I did for a while. Mm. But, you know, so, but besides that, I mean, what, what do you got? And, and these guys aren't young. Wrist aligning is bad, and he's not young. You know, I mean, the whole, the whole defense line, Bolio, I mean, come on, Scandella. I mean, these guys, they, and they're, they're not young. You know, I mean, Ocposo, I don't even want, I mean, you know, the whole bottles. Still got his work cut out for them. They're not a young team. They don't need to learn how to win. They're a bunch of average players at best. It, 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 not even. Not even. They suck. The talent is not there. Yeah, yeah, Buzz. Sorry, I got to get, get going here in a second. But I don't disagree with you there. Um, it kind of does feel like there's a bunch of placeholders around your franchise cornerstones. Um, you've obviously got Eichel Dahlin. I would put Reinhardt in that group right now. 
Um, and then Skinner, and I would even still want to include Ristolainen, I think, for now, just because of the minutes he plays, and he still puts up a lot of points for you. I mean, I, he's arguably like top five on the team, offensive talent. He might be on there. Um, but yeah, like the rest, it's not like they've got a bunch of kids. They've got a couple. Like Middlestead and Thompson, for sure, should be thought of on this, where you go, okay, you want them to improve, you want them to get better at some point, and you think that's kind of where your improvement's going to come. But you're not expecting that from from the guys you mentioned. Scandella, Okposo, um, Bullyu's going to be 27 soon, I think. Or he's already 26, at least. It is a bunch, it's kind of a bunch of placeholders. So that part, I agree with you. The problem is, there's not, this is the problem with the team right now. There is not really that influx of young talent that's just waiting to burst through the doors and come take those guys' places. There's guys you hope can do that. There's Victor Olofsson in Rochester. There's CJ Smith, who should be here right now, but is in Rochester. Gooley's still down there. Alex Nylander is still down there. And one but, of them is a guy that you should yeah. expect to get there. Sure. Well, which one? Your number seven overall pick. Well, you should. But you really, I would say he, he will get there. Right now, that whole group of that group of players, I'm not banking on any of them to just come here and be a difference maker. I'm not. So that's a, that's the biggest problem to me with the team right now. The reason that you have so many of those average players, the reason guys like Johan Larson and Zemgis Girgensen and who's another name down here. In their bottom six. I don't want to say Rodriguez because I've kind of liked his game. Uh, Sc- Scandella, Bullyu, whatever. The reason those guys... Say Saboka, you know. Yeah, the reason those guys still exist on your roster is because, and this is part partly the fault of the GM from before, you don't have that great young talent that is pushing them out the door. Those young guys have had their struggles. Nylander now is just finally having a pretty good AHL season. And this is the third year for that for him. Gooley has struggled in the AHL this year. Olafson started off hot and kind of, you know, hit a hit a plateau after that. Smith has been really good, but he's an undrafted free agent in in his own right. He wasn't a highly drafted player. It's not like you've got these A plus prospects down there that are just like any day now they're going to push these guys out the door. So to me, that's their biggest that's the biggest fault of the team, and I think that's the reason for a lot of the stuff that you were just mentioning. And that's why uh, Jason Bottrell, I'm still very intrigued with what he's going to keep doing because. In Pittsburgh, you had guys like Connor Sherry, and then after that, Jake Gensel show up and give top mm-hmm. six contributions. There's something to be said to that, and I think that we have to stay patient on this because this is the the only part it's of that just beginning still. That that's true. The only part of that I don't want to give him a complete pass yet is he is responsible for bringing a couple of those placeholders in, and I know you had to bring somebody in, but are I they mean, are they better than they were sk- last year? Yeah, for sure. But Scandella, Bullyu, like, those guys are here because he brought them in. Yes. I don't want to criticize him too much for but, it because their blue line was just, yeah. I mean, even before. Yeah, like, before right now, that, you think you it's had, kind what of. was the, it? Dmitry Kulikov? Yeah. Well, it was George's playing big minutes. Yeah, and Cody Franzen. And Franzen and Kulikov, yeah. and my right. God. It couldn't have got a, worse. But what to a me, murderer's row that was. Like, still, I don't want to give him a complete pass. Um,. But I'd want to give him. Like, I want to mostly give him a pass. Uh, quick score update: the Bruins are up two to nothing on the Flyers. So there's that. And the Flyers are bad, so I don't know if I want to hang on, hang my hat on them coming back. Uh, Sabers are five points back of the Bruins. Sabers pregame about a half hour away. Brian Cozio will be in to get you ready for Sabers and Flames. Nine thirty puck drop. 
It's the Nightcap, Jody Biasi, and Derek Kramer for another half hour here on WGR. WGR Sports Radio 550. Can I interest you in a nightcap? No, thank you. I don't wear it. You know, we're supposed to have a meeting. We're having a meeting, so let's start by doing what we set out to do. Let's accomplish that. Let's have a meeting here at my office. We did attempt to have the meeting, and I did make the drive part. So the drive part... Yeah. That, that I did yeah. too. The driving, so, you got so that, good. That's but, a little uh, out of balance now because I did my drive. And, but it's not out of balance because, you know, you were driving and I was waiting. So, but the important thing is we didn't Well, the waiting, there's a lot to do while you're waiting. There's nothing to do while you're driving. Tomorrow, if you want to drive to my office, that's, I'll be happy. You can nice. keep me waiting for as long as you want. I, I know, but we made a plan. I, we I set understand. A, we set but, a plan. We yeah. said, we'll meet at my office right. and we'll have a meeting. Yes. That's the plan. That hasn't been accomplished. It's the nightcap. Let's no, accomplish but, that. That's all but we saying. attempted to have the meeting, but it was aborted. We and we failed. Let's have that meeting. Let's have we, that we, meeting. We're having that meeting right now. This we're is not a meeting about the show. This is a meeting about having a meeting. I know, but the intention is the same. Don't you understand? I drove here with the same intention. The driving is not the meeting. The Larry. driving is what we're talking about. Is, is, the driving is what we're talking about. You That's keep true. coming back to this insane yeah, thing. We're driving. That, yes. Driving is not the issue. Do we know? I think driving is the issue. About who's we had a singular plan. We were going to have a meeting about yeah, the show. Okay, in so my having a meeting. Sports Radio 550. So while I was laughing hysterically at that open, and before I say this on the air, let me just make sure that this is a uh, verified account. It doesn't have a blue check mark, but it does have 147,000 followers. Uh, Renault Lavoie, who I love saying his name because I'm, I used to take French and I'm very good at saying French names. Renault Lavoie from TVA Sports in, I think they're based out of Montreal. Um, he is reporting over the last couple minutes that Nathan Beaulieu made a trade request to the Sabres management. Not playing much and it's a contract year. So there's that. A uh, bit of Sabre news for you as, uh... Yeah, Renault Lavoie is reporting from TVA Sports in Montreal that Sabre defenseman Nathan Beaulieu has made a trade request uh, from the Sabres. And, I mean, not not major news and not ultimately surprising to me, um, but it is noteworthy for sure that you've got a player on your roster that they traded for just last year that uh, is not playing a whole lot, and he's clearly, to me, been supplanted. I mean, he really only went into the lineup Maybe, I don't know this for sure. I mean, Rob Ray and, uh, and Paul, for instance, kind of said this wasn't necessarily the case. That pilot came out because of the huge mistake he made uh, against Tampa. But, I mean, pilot has supplanted Bullyu and a lot of uh, other defensemen have on this team. I was going to say, think about it. Casey Nelson. When? Nelson. Like, he's He'll been be out. Probably at some he's point. He's been out soon, for right? a long time. But he... Definitely supplanted Bullyu as the sixth defenseman on this team, and you would often see Bullyu in the press box instead of Nelson. And then the same mm-hmm. thing with Pilot. So yeah, if, if I'm Nathan Bullyu, I'm definitely thinking about that sort of thing. And the Sabers, as they're getting healthier now on the blue line, they can go ahead and explore that option. Um, I wouldn't expect like if you're, <laughs> I had a couple texts already. Like I, I don't, I don't think you're gonna get anything from from Bullyu that's gonna make you. Yeah, you might like get a fifth or sixth round pick. Right, you're gonna get a well. You might get something higher than that. No, you never know. Um, so there's that. Nathan Bouillou, uh making a trade request to Sabres management, according to Renault Levois. 
every time he wants to report something, have at it because I love saying his name. Um, How's that man not verified, by the way? Good question. Maybe he just doesn't care. I mean, if you've got really, if, you, if you've got one hundred forty-seven thousand followers, doesn't that act as your as your uh, blue check mark? Yeah. Especially when it's not like he's yeah, you know, like who who's somebody who has like a billion followers? Kylie Jenner maybe is that person. Like I'm sure a fake Kylie Jenner account on Twitter would get you one hundred forty-seven thousand followers, but there's no going to be no fake. Renault Lavoie Twitter account that gets 147,000 followers. So he might think, oh, what do exactly, I need it for? What exactly. do I need it for? Just look at my account and you'll see it. I did want to double check, though, because I didn't see it originally. Um, maybe that, that's a good thing, though. Him not having that blue check mark means you have to be careful reading his tweets. Well, I guess somebody that would pass over that in the first place would pass over it anyway. So Yes, but at the same time, like, you know, people like you and me, where it's our job to make sure we don't get got. Mm-hmm. Um, Unlike unlike a certain Nathan Geary, <laughs> um, just just quickly on this. So, if Bullu, for instance, were to be traded, which I guess is completely realistic now that he's asking for one, reportedly, that does what to the defensive core? That makes me think Pilot becomes um, like there's zero chance he's going back to Rochester if that happens. I don't really think there's much of a chance anyway. Um, he has had his struggles, I think, in his own end at times, but I don't think he's been bad in his own end. This may be a little inconsistent. And I think he's great in the offensive zone. I think he is very good at reading when to pinch. I think uh, passing, he's usually tape to tape. It seems like he knows what to do with the puck when he's looking for a deflection. He knows where guys are in terms of where they are in front of the net rather than just shoot it as hard as you can and just hope it goes to the right place. Um, I think his passing out of his own end when he gets that chance, like, if he gets the room to do it, you're going to have to do this more consistently when you don't have the room to do it. But when he's got guys open, like he's putting it on the tape almost every time. I think he's a really good passer. So I think what something like this would do would definitely solidify pilot spot here in Buffalo, I would want to think. Um, and if Bullyu's out of here, I mean, Hunwick probably becomes your seventh. But maybe that even creates more opportunity for Brennan Gooley to get up here. I know he's had his struggles in Rochester this year, and it's you probably don't want to force him if that's been happening. But he had to play earlier this year when there was injuries, and I still want to see more of him. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to seeing more of Gooley as time goes along either. And maybe if Bullyu is traded, that could open things up in that direction. I don't, you know that that was a that was a I I, I even want to call it a high risk, low reward. No, 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 like a high ceiling kind of move is what I mean. Um, he was a former first-round pick, Bullyu. He's got skating ability. He's got a really good shot. He's got some offensive ability, but he, sometimes, man, he's just a train wreck in his own end. You know what we should do? We should call Nathan Bullyu a defenseman to Peter Shirelli. Hmm. I mean, not a defenseman. A we, should, we should call him a forward to Peter Shirelli. You know what's funny? And Bef- then, therefore... <laughs> And try to fleece Shirelli that way. Hey, if he's got skating ability and he's got a shot, remember how why I said, not throw him on the fourth line? Remember how I said that? I'd even try that here. Remember how I said he's not trading Connor McDavid stupid, but he's pretty stupid? This is how you take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, 803-0550 is the phone number if you want to get in on some Sabres talk before we get to pregame in about 15 minutes. Let's go to Pat. Pat, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How about you? Uh, pretty good. A little shocked about the Bullyu thing, honestly. I kind of uh, think he's a little 
underrated, honestly. I know he is abysmal in his own end, but he is mm. pretty good with the puck, I think. But um, I'm just calling. I, I feel like everybody's kind of down on the Sabres um, with this with this cold streak they've been on. But, I mean, I think people got to kind of lighten up a little bit. Um, I, I think Botterill knows what he has down in Rochester. They definitely have some guys down there that can play. And I think everyone can realistically say that the Sabres are not in a position to make any kind of run in the playoffs, whether or not they make the playoffs. That would sure. be great. But I don't, I don't see why, you know, in general, you don't, you don't bump veterans out of the lineup unless you have to. You know what I mean? If, if they were dead set on making the playoffs this year, which I, I really don't think they are. I think Housley's safe pretty much no matter what happens. Botterill's definitely safe. But I, I don't know. I think people got to got to back off a little bit you know i mean it's not just eichel and skinner middle stats showing some flashes he's just a little young he's a little small mm-hmm. pilot i think is a freaking solid second yep. second pair defenseman um but it's it's still we're just playing a time game you know doc poso wasn't wasn't it was murray's deal he's there's no way he's in the plans he makes me tear my hair out but we're all just sitting and waiting you know and everyone gets frustrated and i think we just got to give him a little bit of time yeah, Pat, thanks for the call. I, I don't disagree with you. I think I think there's a lot of good points in there, and I think that they are in a spot right now where I think a lot of us are just kind of reacting to the recency of the cold streak. And I think maybe a lot of us will get to a place where you're at as the season progresses and maybe after the season. If they do end up missing the playoffs, and ugh, it'll be tough to swallow because of that 10-game win streak and because you were first place in the NHL at one point. But, yeah, because overall, when you looked at the season, all I wanted was a playoff race out of it all I wanted I wanted to just get me out of the basement get me meaningful games past November and hopefully get me in a playoff race right to the very end and you know maybe that won't happen but it seems like it's very realistic that that will happen that if they don't make the playoffs they'll at least be in it in the final weeks and months of the season um and to me that will be I'll look at that in a positive light after the fact but when it's happening it's tough to kind of break through the darkness that has been this this month of just losing. Like when you lose seven to two to Edmonton and it's eleven thirty at night and I'm staying up to watch I don't even know why I was still awake watching that game. But <laughs> I was. Like that it's tough to forget, hey, I wasn't supposed to be this good in the first place. Because you had a glorious opportunity. It's so hard to miss the playoffs when you built up the amount of points that they had early on in the season. So that part of it is gonna resonate in your mind first when we're in the middle of it. But like you, that doesn't mean that your points aren't wrong. Because there is a lot of youth on this team. Yesterday, I looked at how the team was built and how it is right now by general manager. And you look at it, you have 10 players that are going to be in the lineup tonight that are Jason Bottrell players, five that are Tim Murray players, five that are Darcy Regeer players. Like, Bottrell's still, half the team is still not his. I know he's only been here a year, but that's true. Half the team is not his right now. So, I don't know. To me, I think there is still, you're right, work to be done. I think Middlestat, and I want to think I want to include Thompson in on this a little bit too because I really like his physical abilities, and I think if he really hits, he could be a great player in this league. Um, whether that happens or not, I don't know, but I want to group them in together in this. If they really hit it off in the next couple years, I think that's when you take off as a team because Eichel's already taken off. And Reinhardt is already, I mean, he's he's seen an uptick in the amount of points that he's getting per game this season. But I think you largely know what Reinhardt is as a player. And maybe you'll get a little more production than you've gotten, but I think you largely know what he is as a player. 
And then you had the you had Skinner infiltrate the lineup this year, which is another big bonus. So you kind of you you get what you're getting a lot there. Even Ristolainen, you know he's going to be super inconsistent. You know he's going to give you points, but you know he's also going to make you tear your hair out sometimes in his own end, like zone exits. Like that's the one advanced stat that I look at a lot and judge Ristolainen on. I'll defend him on the fact that he'll go out there and get points on a team that really is getting no points from other any forward that's not its top line. You need a defenseman like Ristolainen that's going to provide some scoring. But holy cow. His numbers on zone exits, getting the puck out of his own end cleanly, are awful. They're pitiful. So there's that. Larson is still here. Darcy player. Giergensen's still here. Darcy player. McCabe. Darcy pick. Ristolainen. Darcy pick. Allmark. Darcy pick. So really, like, we're not, yeah, I get I agree with that. We're not ready to, I don't think we're ready to judge Bottrell on this. Um, and the caller, last thing I want to say about what the caller just said, he, he said, I don't really see a scenario where Housley gets fired at the end of the year. I think I, I want to, I want to agree with that. I think I want to agree with that. That doesn't necessarily mean to me that he wouldn't be on the hot seat in every scenario, because I think if this team were to continue to fall out like this and continue to play at the rate that they're playing, which if you look at the past month or so, since the 10 game win streak ended, they're second worst in the NHL, just above the New York Rangers. If that continues, then he's probably not getting fired, I think, at the end of the year, but I think you're starting to have a conversation. You can't just have your team (laughs) being that hot and cold. Like, something's got to explain that. And I don't think it'll continue, like I said earlier in the show. I think they're an average team, and I think maybe some of what's going on right now is just a regression to the mean that was just bound to happen. Maybe you didn't think it was going to happen this quick, Maybe I didn't think it was going to happen this badly, this poorly, but I think at some point they were going to obviously regress a little bit. They were getting, I mean, look at the goaltending numbers they were getting during that 10-game win streak. They were, if, if, if they weren't first in the NHL in save percentage in that stretch, they were second or third. And I know we kind of like the goaltending situation right now, but I don't think it's fair to be expecting this tandem to be second or third in the league in save percentage. I mean, really what you've got is you've got a si- former six-round pick in Linus Olmark, who I'm very excited about, but it took him five, six years to get here, and it's his rookie year, so really you shouldn't expect a ton out of him right away. And then you've got a guy who's been a career backup. Like, yeah, it's gone well, and I like where they are at that position, but you had to know they weren't going to continue to be as good as they were playing. Those kind of things regress. Now that they've regressed, kind of, I would only—they've overcompensated for how much they've regressed. That's why I would want to think. I want to think. I'm not. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I want to think that they are going to kind of bounce back up again and then find themselves somewhere in the middle of what they were in November and what they've been in January. And if you find that, then you are realistically in a playoff race because you've got teams in front of you. Islanders and Montreal, to me most notably, that have flaws on their team. And they're gettable. I would want to say New York almost more so than Montreal. Because at least Montreal's got a goaltender in Carey Price where if he turns it on at any moment, he could carry them, even if they're not playing well. The Islanders are getting number one save percentage numbers from Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice. Is that really going to happen all season? I mean, maybe. With Mitch Korn, maybe, but... 
it's hard for me to believe that's going to continue that way. They're ahead of Pittsburgh in the standings. We I forgot to get to Edelman. I forgot to get to Edelman. Derek, you were supposed to remind me. This was your one job at the beginning of the show. I'm sorry. Remind me of Edelman. I'm sorry I have to type something now that news is happening. That's right. Well, yeah. By the way, if you did miss that, I haven't mentioned it in a couple minutes here. Uh, Renault Lavoie from TVA also, Sports. Also, you could blame Buzz. He had a call, and <laughs> right. he went long on That's that, right. and that segment got wiped from um, it, too. Renault Lavoie did report that Nathan Beaulieu has asked for a trade uh, from the Sabres. But, yeah, quickly, before we get to Sabre pregame. Julian Edelman is out here flaunting around, and is he is he selling? I think he's selling T-shirts. He is selling T-shirts. That is the New England Patriot logo, and inside it says "Bet Against Us." And there's a video, and there's oh, I mean, this guy he's trying to sell that the Patriots are this lovable underdog story. Get out of here with that. I don't want to get on a huge rant here because the Patriots make me mad to begin with. That I don't like. It's hard for me to to get swamped, sucked into that because it's hard to break out of it. But holy cow, you're the Patriots. You cannot play the underdog card. Brady tried doing this last week. Everybody thinks we suck. Everybody's picking against us. Does not necessarily thinking you're the same greatest. If if people think you're not the greatest team of all time, like you have been, does that mean people think you suck? No. I think most people are realistic. And I think a lot of people are terrified that they are going to beat Kansas City. Like, that's still in the back of people's minds. Even though I think a lot of people might expect Kansas City to win this game, I think it's a lot easier, obviously, to picture New England making the Super Bowl in Kansas City. At least it's easier for me to imagine. Yeah, you picked it. That's right. All right, Sabre pregame is coming up next. Stay tuned and hear from a couple players in the locker room. Carter Hutton, for one, Jason Pominville also, and then uh, Sabre coach Phil Housley, Brian Koziel, on the way next with the Paul William Belts pregame show, Paul Hamilton as well. It is the Nightcap. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Catch the show, whole show on demand, WGR550.com. Signing off here, Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.